You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. This is our preview series. Previewing the Pac-12 South for the year 2017. I am Spencer Hall. Why are you announcing it like it's movie phone? Hello and welcome to Full Cast. If you well, like also, what year did you I was, What year did I you was say? Gonna, 2017? Oh, okay. It, it Somehow is it sounded like 2007. Yeah, still yeah. yeah. The, yeah. the 2007 preview for Arizona. We already know what's going to happen. <laughs> just Arizona. Just them. Just a whole, Arizona. All a, whole, a, a whole preview on 2007 Arizona. This is what you well, paid I mean, for, if you America. Go, if you go back to 2007 and you say, let's talk Pac-12 South, people say, um, hey, uh, idiot, <laughs> why would there be a conference with the wrong number of teams in its name, dummy? Think Fair. think about it. Fair. Cause, so, cause there's no, that doesn't happen we're, in college football. We're visionaries. We, we see ahead. No. By looking to the wild, past. y'all. Yes, be crazy. Um, the joining me as always. Uh, that's Ryan Nanny. Hi. Interrupting, getting us off to a fiery start. Don't care. Yeah, uh, we, we're running late, and that's really good. All in a fantastic mood as a result. Uh, also, literally running and running late. Jason Kirk. Hey, what's up, brah? That's my Pac-12 South voice. That's good. <laughs> That's good. That's hella. That's hella good, Jason. That's Wait, amazing. That's Pac-12 North. Right? Yeah, hella. yeah, yeah. Isn't that's Pac-12 12 North. Pac-12 North. Come on, we gotta do Coast. the super over enunciated California rapper voice. You know, mm-hmm. like, like, um, what's, yeah, a, what's a good? I'm trying to think uh, of like, uh, a good like instead of staples, like corner like corner oh, oh or when like or when or like when snoop is like presidential 
like pronounces every yeah. syllable in the word. Instead People of park, it's pork, pork. <laughs> or, or people anyone from california who insists they don't have an accent right that's my favorite i don't have an accent no 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 all i do all. is you drive my four around i don't have an accent <laughs> 80 degrees um the i think this division is fascinating by the way like like just interesting programs going in like nine different directions and uh the fun part for somebody looking at a preview is that uh, there are so many coin flip games in this schedule. I know the Pac-12 is based on coin flip games and based on everybody playing everybody and no one being consistent in any manner whatsoever. But it, it's still like that, is what I'm saying. We, it's There are teams here who, if you look at their predicted record, you go, yeah, 6-6 six and six makes sense. So does 4-8. and eight. So does 3-9. and nine. So does 9-3. and three. Like, it's all possible. I don't know about that last one, but... Nine and nine and three. <laughs> ain't too many. Ain't too many nine and threes in this bunch. Hey, hey, hey! Colorado did goddamn better than nine and three last year. They did, but that was last year's son. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Woo, man, there's a lot. Arizona lots State change. and UCLA have also done better than that in the recent past, and uh, I don't see anybody predicting that to happen again. That's harsh. That's. I mean, can we? Can we, before we dive right into it? Can we just have one last moment to appreciate what the hell Colorado did last year? Mike McIntyre won it. as many games in year four as he did in his first three seasons with the Buffs combined. Yeah, uh, ten. Like that's, that's that's one zero. Like how how alarming must that have been? This is a team that could not beat three conference opponents in a single year for a decade. And then they went out and clobbered eight of them. Like, how alarming is that to think that you have the one reliable win on your schedule, the Colorado game, and then they rise up and just break your jaw? That sucks so bad to not be Colorado last year, unless you're Washington. In the <laughs> can't, championship. Can't, can't imagine what that'd be like. Well. These poor suckers out here who ain't Colorado. Must be trash for them. <laughs> Couldn't be me, though. I remember last year this time, we had them down for five and seven, and we felt like we were being really generous and friendly to the buffs. We were like all, you know, we were like early adopters all in on CU. Yeah. And we undersold them by half. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, we, we thought, ooh, boy, it's going to be heroic. They're going to get to a bowl. Nope. Nope. Ten and two. All right. Well, let's just start with Colorado in 2017. Thoughts, comments, feelings. I think a great way to follow up a 10 and two season and a resurgence in your program where everybody's feeling really positive is to withhold information about the domestic violence arrest of one of your uh, assistants and then be punished for it and have to pay a hundred thousand dollars to domestic violence awareness and getting a letter of reprimand from the university because that's what happened to McIntyre in the off season. So I, great I dis start. I disagree. I think that's a bad way. To follow up. I think that you, you is think that's bad. bad. Yeah. Is I, it? Okay, I'll revise. That's bad. So there's that. That's um, really bad. Brian, can you send, can you send Spencer bad. a letter of reprimand for what he just said? Yeah, he also, Spencer, I need you to send $100,000 to Jason. Okay, I'll, I'll send that. And you'll forward that to charity, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah I'll yeah. make sure it gets to all the right places. So, yeah, fantastic beginning to the offseason. I'm sorry. It's 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 not. It's actually bad. It's, it's a horrendous way to follow that up, right? And... Then that's before you ever get to even considering what the football team will be on the field. You've already messed it up off the field and you won 10 games last year. And guess what happens when you win 10 games and you're a program that probably performed well above 
it's uh, it's variance as a football program. You're probably coming back down, right? Uh, do they have their defensive coordinator? No, they, they lost their defensive nope. coordinator. Where'd he go? Oregon. Did they have a defensive coordinator? No, they didn't. I mean, Brady Hoke was there, but they did not have a defensive coordinator. Did they lose Sefa LaFowle? their starter yeah. uh, at yeah. quarterback. Yeah, but that was that was yeah. also true at parts of last season. So <laughs> yeah, they've, they've already true. lost him several times. They've 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 grieved over that loss. Yeah man. Cephalophile <laughs> like and the all time for years. And <laughs> the all time that guy, Hall of Fame, he's he's up there for he's Colorado. There. Yeah. Right? Like like for me, if you ask the greatest two quarterbacks in the state's history for their two schools respectively it's got to be at Colorado State. It's Bradley Van Pelt. Mm-hmm. He of the flowing blonde locks and refusal to ever go out of bounds on a hit ever, as unwise as that might have been. And Cephalofout, who, as mentioned wow. several times last season, we swore was dead. Cordell swore. Stewart can get no love <laughs> in this world. Done. Done. I'm giving <laughs> Cephalofout because Cordell Stewart was 1991 Colorado quarterbacks. <laughs> I mean, Colorado was demonstrably good then, right? Sure. Like, Cordell Stewart had help. Right. Yeah. You know, like, Cephal LaFowle for years had no help. It was prayer. His his left tackle was prayer. I like that you say long. for years as if as if Cephal LaFowle was Colorado's quarterback for 18 years. And you know what? He was. Maybe. He was, he was quarterback for, like, 18 years. There were a few seasons in there where I would have believed they had a seven-year-old quarterback. They did go 1-11 <laughs> not long ago. Or in this case, a forty-eight-year-old quarterback, right? You'd you'd buy that too. He's a time jumper. That's what Cephalofau is. One one day he's six. Next day ninety-two. Next day twenty-eight. So, so yeah, I don't. There's there's uh, also. Can I give you some more bad news about Colorado? Please. More on the field bad news that they're uh, returning. How many starters from that top 30 defense that is losing its coordinator? How many can I hear? It's like three or something. Ah, you nailed it. Yeah. Three. They have three returning starters, Right. And uh, also have to break in a new quarterback. Now, Steven Montez, as we mentioned, while Sefo LaFau was busy resurrecting himself (laughs) at several times, several moments last year from injury, he was pretty good. Like he's not, he was obviously not the starter, but He's pretty good. He also has plenty of tools. He has a thousand yard rusher in Philip Lindsay. He's got an outstanding receiver in shape fields. The line's pretty well constructed. Offensively, they should be cool. Defensively, <sighs> it, it might might be an issue. And that's before that's before we ever look at the schedule at all. And the oh, schedule yeah. is uh, how would how would one describe the schedule, Jason? It's pretty bad. You got to play Washington. Um, might be the best team in the conference. You have to play USC, obviously. They're in your division. Might be the other best team in the conference. Out of conference, you got to play Colorado State. Might be the best team in the Mountain West. That's a bad schedule. This schedule is um, like a very hard video game that has a tutorial level. Because that tutorial level is Colorado State, Texas State, Northern Colorado to open the season. Like, okay. Um, then it then it ramps up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Then you, gotta, then you get Washington at UCLA, which we'll get to UCLA, but... Uh, yeah, you're playing the Pac-12 champion right in week four. You got to play Wazoo and Oregon State on the road consecutively. There's some weirdness Ugh. in this schedule. It's not great. It doesn't look. It doesn't look fun. But um, there is. And you know, uh, but um, can you please? When is your bye week? Your bye your week. Your bye week is what is that? <laughs> November. It's November seventeenth. 
18th. That's when your that's when your bye week kicks in. So you got to play 11. You're, you have to play 11 straight games, and then you get a week mm-hmm. off before you go to Utah. Yeah, Utah. <laughs> where where Man, where, you want the, you, where a 380 you want pound, after you play Utah. Yeah, a 380 pound defensive end is going to sit on your chest for 12 minutes. Yeah, you want it. You're like, I don't know, man. There's a lot of Polynesian syllables coming at me right now. It's all terrifying. Yeah, but you had a week off. You had a week <laughs> off, to prep start, man. Yeah, this is the, it, it, like a horrendous road trip to finish the season. This is a monster. It's bad. Like you're looking at it, you go. Yeah, six and six or seven and five would be a real achievement given this. And given the kind of regression you're probably going to have defensively. And given, and this is before we even start looking at who might be on the come up, right? Right. And can I mention one thing about that last road game? Mm-hmm. Utah is supposed to be the scrappy team here, yeah, right? Like yeah. the scrap iron kings of the Pac 12. And Colorado comes up and just takes their crown. Just says, no, we're the scrappy ones now. You think Kyle Whittingham is going to be on that Stairmaster at 4 30 in the morning? Not thinking about that? No, you took their brand from them. They're mad. <laughs> Much like me at Utah football, I've had this Stairmaster for way too long. Exactly. Uh, and you know uh, what? Uh, they're going to they're gonna beat them like, like 15-2 just to put a point on it. They'll right. be like, you could score more points. And they're like, that's not the point. Can you imagine what that would be like if Utah Utes had massive chips on their shoulders and acted like they were much bigger underdogs than they are and took everything right. personally. Yeah. I can't, I can't. Right. that would be crazy if that were ever to happen. How many, how many, how many wins are you giving them? Jason first. So Vegas has Colorado at 7.5 over under mm-hmm. um, Bill's numbers have Colorado at 6.1. Um, I, but with yeah, a lot of but with a lot for, of coin flippy games, like like yeah, Spencer yeah, was yeah. saying. Well, I think in Bill's numbers, we're talking like it's a bunch of half wins that right. add up to six. Right. You give them twelve <laughs> half wins, and you're six and six. Right. <laughs> we're making wins um, too. I lean toward six and six myself. I think last year, like the defense, it wasn't as sustainable as it looked. Like there was a ton of veteran leadership and the defensive coordinator who um, managed to turn it all into a uh, a raise and promotion to a bigger university. Um, so, like, I don't know. Last year, we loved it. It was a great story. Little deceptive, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, six and six, if if you said last year that, hey, Colorado will be bowling next year, great, you'll take it, you know? Two straight bowls, great. I mean, the program is still on the field, on the right course, but I see a big step back. Yeah, I could see them. Fl- I'll, I'll give them credit. Uh, I could see, like, I see five obvious wins here that they could pull, right? Colorado State, Texas State, Northern. Colorado, Arizona, and Cal. I think they've got those five games in hand, I'm guessing. So if they flip one of the other ones that I'm looking at, right? Like, they win on the road at Oregon State, entirely possible right there. Six and six is conservative. I might even, with the offensive talent that they have on hand, I'll say seven and five. It'll be a come down. Um, It'll be disappointing, but it won't be that bad. Let's move to probably the Pac-12 South program with the most shine on them right now, USC. Is that right? Yeah, by far. Okay. Um, they also have a real a real interesting schedule to start the year. They start with Western Michigan and Stanford and Texas all at home. These are the three. These are three teams right now that at the start of the season, if you told me two of these teams are going to win ten games. And one of them is going to win six. I'm not sure I could confidently tell you which one is which. Yeah, I'm 
like, that opening stretch for the three, I they're catching Stanford at a great time because I like early season sleepy Stanford, right? Like Stanford when they're studying, right? They put right. get all the studying in early. They're like, no, 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 no. Practices. We're will trying be short to re- we're weird. trying to read ahead, you asshole. That's Recalculating. a recalculating. <laughs> buffering Stanford in September that's a body clocks game but it's at home no 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 that's a body clock but it's not in the same time zone body clock I was I was reading some fascinating post-Marxist theory that's what you're gonna get early in the season with Stanford so and Western Michigan yeah I mean you, you should have that USC that's that shouldn't be I know it's Western Michigan you should you should have that even Texas man Texas, like Tom Herman ain't going to have it together yet. Not game three. It's just like not there. And also, if they do win that, right? Let's just all, can we make a vow, by the way, here on, uh, on what, July 5th? Let's just make a vow. Let's all go super hard on Texas's back. It's so fun to do that in like game three. <laughs> like if Texas wins this thing like 16 15, right. we'll right. be like, woo, Texas Turn is back, around. Baby. Why would we wait till Let's game three? It. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. All in game one, baby. That's right. Let's I go. For, I forgot that you guys keep fucking giving them nine. I hate you. Um, nine. It's a good, three. it's a good, well, here's what it is. It's a good stress test to start the season. Just be like, all right, let's see what your heart can handle. USC. If you get through these it's three games, great. three and oh, that's, that's a good sign, right? Can I, can I, can I give you the real stress test that they're going to face? Because uh, we know that, they actually had kind of a problem with big plays last year. They they were pretty efficient. They just had a problem with big plays. They the defense has improved. Uh, they're not. I don't think like your you know top ten caliber defense, but they improved greatly last year. They managed to win a shootout against Penn State in the Rose Bowl, aka official trademark best game I watched last year. Week five. Let's talk about week five. September 29th for them. Uh, at Washington State. God, it, that, fe- it feels so obvious, but maybe that's the trick. Maybe, because you remember, like, Oregon State's probably the one that'll actually do this, right? Like, Oregon, <laughs> State, Oregon State will come in, and USC will be like, this looks nothing like they'll roll out a whole different offense the for hell? this game. Like, They're running A11. How are they even doing that? <laughs> is that legal? It is today. <laughs> yeah, like, it should be Washington State as the stress test there, right? That's the game that you'll go, well, if you're going to win games 48-45 and just let Sam Darnold ball. That's a halftime uh, score against Wazoo. Yeah. Woo, that's that's a good looker there. They also have, I think, kind of a, uh, like an underrated stretch of road games. They got to go to Notre Dame. That's not, <clears throat> that's not an easy game. I don't care what last year might have said, even if you have four <laughs> reasons on one hand and eight reasons on the other. It's still not an easy game. And Arizona, all right, Arizona State is probably going to be pretty easy. We'll talk about them in a minute. And then you have to go to Colorado, which, you know, this is, I mean, this is manageable, man. Like, I know that, like, the projection, the official S&P projection is 10 at 2 here. But if you told me 11 and 1, I wouldn't slip off that either just because of the talent on hand, particularly because they have Ronald Jones, the second back there in the backfield, who I love watching him run. He's a violent runner. It's all knees and elbows. Love those guys. I'm curious what Jason's typing furiously. I'm excited to hear what he's going to say. I know. Hey, um, <laughs> I take this. I take this podcast very seriously. It's very important to me. Um, 
And we were talking about USC. See, I know, I know exactly what we were talking about. <laughs> oh, good. So it wasn't even for. That was great. Yeah. Us. We just got the keys. Great. Well, well I was gonna. I, I, I was gonna say. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I was gonna say since I was called on um, that the only real issue for me uh, with USC is the offensive line. But if you look at the schedule. What what like what of these defensive lines worry you? Like okay, Utah and Stanford, both those are at home, and then what? I mean, defensive line, you get to bring your defensive line on the road. Yeah, but I'm just, I'm just saying, <laughs> I don't. I'm not saying Utah is bad on the road. I'm sure. just saying they're at least home games. Sure, you know. So yeah. so See, so if my you only theory, have my theory games in which you're even slightly worried about the opposing defensive line, then what are we worried about? My theory on the Pac-12 is that travel distances have mandated that at least one unit has to travel by bus, and that explains the remarkable inconsistency from game to game in the conference, right? Sure, their sort of round-robin schedule is very difficult to maintain, right? However, I think that travel costs keep one unit on the bus and make them very tired, with the exception Utah, Utah just throws them in the bottom of the plane. They throw the defensive lineman in the bottom of the plane. That's what makes them so angry. That's why they come out and they just manage to punch above their weight in almost every single game, right? So uh, you say you get to take your defensive line on the road. Literally, that's probably what USC will do. They'll just put them on the bus, and that's where they'll lose one game that they really shouldn't. Otherwise, this seems like a like a you could tell me anything between nine and three and undefeated and the end of the season, and I would buy it. Okay, I want you to hold that hold that travel picture in your mind because you're setting up a beautiful double segue here but before we do that jason usc record i'm gonna do it you ready yep go 11 go. and 1 11, 11 and 1 Woo! let's do this uh, okay Spence, uh, you know you what? I'm just, i'll I'm, say you I'm, lose I'm, at notre dame and that's it god yeah man okay. no, i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm I'm throw in some some weird insane mess like I don't know, losing to Oregon State at home or something. I, but yeah, eleven and one. I'll take it. Let's roll. Let's ride. All right. I want to start by telling you I haven't I haven't given out um, my own personal goals for the teams this year, and I'm going to get to that because I just have one overall goal for the Pac-12 South. Um, but you're talking about travel, and I have either of you heard of Giles Pellerin? I might be pronouncing that completely incorrect. Uh, he also went by Bud. The USC super fan. Oh, Bud, yeah. Oh, Bud, Bud Pellerin. Bud, Bud Pellerin. Bud Pellerin. Yeah. Um, Bud died in 1998. And before he did, he attended 797 consecutive USC football games over a period of 73 years. Um, interesting fact about Bud. He hated flying and whenever possible drove or rode the train or bus to every game he attended. Um Bud was so dedicated to USC football that he delayed his own honeymoon in 1935 by eight months in order to combine it with a USC football game, uh, a road game against Hawaii in Honolulu. Um, He walked out of the hospital in 1949, five days after an appendectomy, so he could go to a home game, and he just told the nurses that he was going for a walk. In fact, Bud's (laughs) last game was the 1998 UCLA-USC game. In that game, he started to feel ill and asked um, one of his brothers who was with him to take him home. As he was being brought outside, he died of a heart attack in the parking lot of the Rose Bowl. 
which was the same location where he attended his first USC game in 1925. Bud, Bud, Bud got after it. And that's how we're going to transition into the first. Is this the first ever shutdown forecast ad read? This I think this is, is the, the first, first ever. So, but yeah, it's the first that fits the standard definition. So, Bud had a lot going for him. He was uh, a fairly he was fairly accomplished in the telecommunications field. He obviously had a passion for football. He refused to let the his fear of flying restrict him. But Bud did not have one thing. Bud did not have SeatGeek. But do you, how you know how much of a pain in the ass it must have been to find tickets to some random road game in the forties or something? You just had to go up to a random child, orphaned child on the street, give him a two dollar bill and say, "Go f- fetch me, fetch me a ticket to USC Northwestern, young sir," and hope that he would come back and what, wasn't Ryan, mangled by a streetcar. You couldn't just use your app back then. You couldn't. You couldn't. SeatGeek saves you time and money. It searches multiple ticket sites. It grades every ticket based on value. And every purchase is fully guaranteed. Useless street urchins that you give $2 to, they can only search one ticket site wherever their eyes are looking. They can only... They don't even have an app. They don't have an app. They can't fully guarantee shit. SeatGeek's way better than some random 40s kid wearing a newsboy cap. We'll call him Little Oswald. We'll call him Little Oswald. Little O. Dang it, Little Oswald. SeatGeek's much better than that. That's all I'm saying. And if you download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code SBNation, one word, you get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. I shudder to think how much money Bud spent going to 797 straight USC games, including... A lot of bowl games. But um, $20 in 1925 when he went to the fir- his first game? Do you know how you could buy a house for $20? And I'm not saying you can buy a house for $20 now, but go to SeatGeek, get the app, use promo code SBNation, and you will at least be on your way to home ownership. I think that's <laughs> how this works. Man, that, is, that that and stop buying avocados. Don't buy avocados. Save twenty dollars on SeatGeek, home ownership, and also tickets to games. We probably should have mentioned that part, but also home ownership. And then you take out a second oh. mortgage and use it on avocados. Absolutely. Then and then then you start the app for avocados, and that's how the empire starts. Man, oh, you did man. a great job on that, Ryan. That's... I just want to take a moment. You. You nailed that ad read, man. Thanks, thanks man. You, you made you made history, and you made it smoothly. I do think it's I do think it's unfortunate that he had to die at a USC football game and at that um, one that UCLA won. That's the really unfortunate part. Well, he didn't have to see man, UCLA win. That's true. That's true. That's true, man. You know, like I was trying to think of the worst worst Florida game I could have died after right, right immediately. Man, Auburn two thousand six would have that would have been a moment. I mean, like if I died after if I died after like the Georgia Southern loss, I yeah. would have said, "Well, that go that figures." Also, me out. also, also, it. here's the thing: I'm not gonna feel too bad for Bud because he watched USC win nine national championships. Yeah, man, come on, you got to watch like so many great athletes 
you got to you got to like you got to like make the you got to make the V for victory sign with the two out and the outstretched fingers. He, like, he, he, pre, he predates Traveler. Traveler didn't come around until 1927. Also, first of all, <laughs> if you could pick anywhere to die, mm-hmm. where would the Rose Bowl be on your list? Oh, top Jesus. five. I'm this certain. Is, this is this yeah, is the yeah, most sports. This, uh, if I could, if I could just be listening to Bruce Springsteen and dying in the Rose Bowl, that would be sports writer heaven. <laughs> well, you know, you that's, know what? that's a sweet sour situation for me. If the, con- the Rose if, Bowl would be fine. If, if the Kentucky Derby could be held at the Rose Bowl, <laughs> if, if, I could, if, if only if, I could die if only Sturgill Simpson was playing Madison Square Garden <laughs> in the neck, if I could listen to right Jason there on the spot. While Arnold, Pal- to- while Arnold Palmer sings "One Shining Moment," if I could if listen I could to "Cover Me Up," the 1971 Sports Illustrated, while um, while watching Hoosiers, <laughs> yeah, at Lambeau Field with no women. If I could, with no women, <laughs> no women in sight. <laughs> just, just, just chop my head off with not a woman in sight. Just fire, up the, fire up the guillotine on the field at the Cotton Bowl. It's what Vince would have wanted. And Young or Lombardi. As I, as I as I hit send to file my column, send. And tw- no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. You got a tweet. Filed. And now you got a tweet. You got a tweet. You got to tweet the copy edit. You got to tweet thirty, right? <laughs> Just column, column submitted. And then you wake up go. and you find out you work for Fox Sports and you're in Sports Writer Hell. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, Cletus is your new copy editor, and he doesn't speak English. <laughs> Why does this say Cletus is the greatest football robot? I didn't type that. <laughs> Why did Cletus invite me to his office after working hours? Cow- Why does he have li- Coward, oh, colon. Cletus' sex positions are great. <laughs> Can you imagine, would you take like, would you take like eight mil a year to go work there for the worst professional year of your life? Yes. I might. Yeah, it sure. It was like eight, like eight million a year. And you'll be like, what is it? The most debasing and awful professional year of your life. Because it's in California. Because I mean, it's in California. So like right, eight so million, five, yeah, five yeah, mil or four right. mil. There could, be, there could be anywhere if we're talking eight million. Yeah, like, but you got to be in play for a year, so they're they're gonna they're gonna take a chunk, right? Yeah, yeah that's that's like one million <laughs> left over. Yeah, exactly, like after count, but everything's fine, and you're taken care of. Wait, can I get a mil? Can right? I can I write a book about it? Well, not a book. Can I write no, a NDA? You got a, you got a oh. hefty NDA. You got no, Ryan. You can you can do a video about it. You can pivot to video It'd be great if you were like you didn't say about writing a memoir in Chinese. Right. Let's let's actually uh, let's pivot let's pivot to a, a team I wanted to talk about. We were in the Los Angeles area. I, I would like to pivot to let's pivot to UCLA. Friends. The only worst pivot you could make. Oh, I have one more thought man. about Bud real quick, okay. if I may. Yeah. yeah. Sure. How dope would it be to leave your fucking corpse on the doorstep of your biggest rival? That's true. You know what? You got to deal with this. Also, you know he pooped. You know he pooped. Yeah. Yeah, he eliminated. Like when a, when a dog dies and you're like, oh, fuck, now all the shit's going to fall out of its butt. 
You know Bud did that. Yep. He pulled his pants down. <laughs> Let it fly. Just just sprayed like, it all over their whole residence. <laughs> Fuck you, CLA I got, yeah, crew. I got, I got two for victory for you, buddy. Oh, Number my two. God. He probably caught syphilis and loaded himself in a trebuchet <laughs> and fired himself over their goddamn walls. You can go with the full Crusader surprise. <laughs> Launch yourself <laughs> into Rose Bowl. Troy, no, Aikman, oh, Troy Aikman always sucked. Stanford band would do it. Uh, let's talk about uh -oh. UCLA, please. I, I, I guess yeah. I don't really want to, but we have to. That's the way this works. We have to. Man, the, you know, let's let's let me just bring you up speed on UCLA and where we're at, where, where we were at last time. Last time we checked in on our friends in Westwood. UCLA prior to the 2016 season with a new offensive coordinator, I believe it was Kennedy Palomalu. They were going to adopt a more hard-nosed approach, more physical approach. Jim Mora himself in the press trumpeting this commitment to the trenches and to the ground game and to a more burly, traditional form of football that they were going to run the ball. There are 12 teams in the Pac-12. Where did UCLA finish the 2016 season in terms of rushing offense? Anyone want to guess? Oh, my. oh dead last. Dead last. <sighs> They were behind Washington State. So, yeah, they were dead last. Mike Leach ran the ball better than you did. Was it Mike Leach? Not even Mike Leach's team, just Mike Leach. Was it Utah that had like a 30 year old intramural player running the ball? Did they beat them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Utah had a running back retire and then come back and then put 300 yards on UCLA, if I recall correctly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Utah. You, this is this is not a joke. We usually make that joke that, well, if you ran the ball every single down, based on your average, you'd have a first down every time, right? Why don't you do that? Ha, ha, ha. Well, um, that's actually not true, reader, listener, customer. <laughs> that's not true. UCLA only averaged 2.93 yards a carry, so they still would have been fourth and short if they'd run the ball every single time they had it. They averaged 84 yards rushing a game. Not coincidentally, prize quarterback Josh Rosen, he was out on November 4th. He died. Done. He died. R.I.P. Josh Rosen. But then he rose again. Uh, he did come back. Looking fine in spring practice. And this is one of those things where we tell you, UCLA has a very, very good skill player. Wait, wait, and a very wait, important... wait, wait. He, you said he went out on November 4th? Mm, maybe the 7th. My, my, my mind might be well, messing whatever, up. Well, whatever. Like, more like October. Right, he was done for the season in November, wow. early in the first week of November. I just, I just, oh. he was he was hurt early on. I guess maybe he, he yeah, no, he was on. hurt. Throughout, he was hurt and took a beating throughout the year. He was done for the year. Here's, in November. here's all I'm gonna say, Josh Rosen. I think it was I, was it this off season or last off season that he was a very outspoken about. I think at that point, presidential candidate Donald Trump, right? Yes, he, he wore yep. the fuck Trump hat to a Trump course. And you are you're telling me that he possibly got injured the first week of November right before election day? Are you not see so you, you don't was, see what happened? It was WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks took out UCLA football. Oh it seems God. a little beneath their powers. You think they'd aim aim a little higher? Well, you gotta, you know, you got you gotta give new employees like starter pro starter projects yeah, and stuff like of, that. Proof of concept. Yeah. Yeah. So after WikiLeaks took out 
Josh Rosen. Obviously, completely the most important thing they had to do, and not connected at all to averaging 84 yards a game. <laughs> uh, you'll be shocked to hear Josh Rosen's Josh Rosen is on his third offensive coordinator in three years. Boy, that's probably good, right? That's like he leveled up. Yeah, he I, just keeps getting these dudes paid. He just has to keep finding more, more challenging coaches, right? He's yeah, learning Jim. so many offenses. <laughs> he's, he's like Neo he's on the Matrix. <laughs> I already learned I know, Portuguese. I, Let's do German next. I, I know pro style. <laughs> yeah. I handed off to a fullback. I know pro style. He went one yard and I got flattened somehow. <laughs> Well, in case in, in case we were wondering whether that was again, uh, the answer is ah because uh, they hired Jed Fish <sighs> from Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's still an was, upgrade. Uh, hey, you know what, Jed Fish? I, I'm, I don't. You know, it's an upgrade because I'm pretty sure they can't get worse than being worse than Washington State running the ball. Right? Like that's that can't happen. That can't happen. It can't. It can't happen. Right? And also, I should mention. Jim Mora has not said we're going to be more physical this year. So things are already anything, looking up. Great. Yes, just don't say anything about your offense, right? We're going to throw the ball more. We're going to be more physical. Don't have any goals. Just, just don't say anything. You can have them. Just don't let anybody know what they are. And after the season, say, yeah, that was what we meant to do. Perfect. It all went. Yeah, we were yeah, only we've... trying to go. We yep. were only trying to go seven and five. Yep. Look what we did. We meant we meant to schedule a road game with Memphis, an actual thing that is happening to UCLA <laughs> in week three. UCLA's UCLA's road schedule, if you said that this was a student, a high school student going on a college tour, you would be like, Did you get a really good SAT score or really did you not even take it? Because they have Memphis, Stanford, Arizona, Washington, Utah, USC. None of it makes any goddamn sense. Yeah, and you remember the thing with UCLA, and this is the reason when I was talking earlier in the podcast about teams that could go three and nine, or I don't know, nine and three, is this that uh, Josh Rosen is really, really incredible. He's a great quarterback. He's got people to throw to. Um, they might, they need something like a run game. Right, but the offensive line can't possibly be as bad as they were. The defense, I don't know. No one knows. Typically, the pattern for UCLA has been to have one thing going and have the other thing fall apart. Right? Like, coaches have to be good at spinning plates. Jim Mora has a bunch of broken crockery. This, right? This feels like, oh man, Jim Mora is set up so nicely to get fired by the time UCLA gets to the bye week because they start. Hosting Texas A&M, a team that they lost to in overtime last year, I believe, because they sort of gagged that game away. They could lose. Yep. They could lose A&M again. I'm not going to say they can't. Then they play Hawaii. Oh, it's just Hawaii. Mm, Hawaii was kind of good last year, or at least not. Yeah, or at least not improving. old Hawaii. They go yeah, to. And then, they go to Memphis. Memphis is still a formidable team. Let, let me stop you right there. Yep. Because yep. <laughs> I know you're building towards something. Yep. Yep. I would just like to point out a few things. One, yeah, this is a really good Memphis team. Like they're they're a pretty good football team. Yep. Um, it's at Memphis. It's at did Memphis. Did you notice what did you notice what time the game was? I did not. It's a nooner. Oh Jesus. Oh no. That, so in fairness, in fairness, that's not that's not great for Memphis either. So 
you know what? It's a nooner. It's going to be September in Memphis, so it's going to be hot as hell. Yeah. And uh, this is a UCLA team admittedly still figuring a few things out, playing at 10 a.m. Pacific time in a humid, hot, very hostile environment against a very mean Memphis team. Yeah. So if you want to know where the rails could, uh, where the rails and the train could decide to amicably part ways, uh, week three, right there. And then even if you make it through that, you go to Stanford and you play, even though we're down on them comparatively, you play Colorado. Those are your first five games. Um, four and one seems nearly impossible. Three and two would be good. Two and three seems very doable. And I am not entirely sure if Jim Mora or UCLA Athletics in general have the goodwill to get through a two and three stretch to start the year. Yeah, this is this is rough. It's bad, and it doesn't, frankly, it doesn't get any better down the stretch because you get Colorado and Arizona and Oregon. All three teams should be, are, are in various stages of collapse, rebuild, or reboot, right? So you could get through that with a fairly respectable record. But then here's your last, out of your last five games, out of your last, oh, it's bad, man. You get at Washington, at Utah, and at USC. Three out of your last five games are just clear L's on the schedule right there. So yeah, man, this is, this is bad, right? Like if, if things manage to be semi-successful, you might end up seven and five. Maybe if you're not successful. Maybe Jim Moore is doing this on purpose. Maybe he scheduled that Memphis game just to like hasten his own departure. Just like, <laughs> Hey, give me road games that don't make sense against teams. I could lose to please buy out, buy out live. <sighs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to still, Man, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't want to be an optimist because it's you don't not have, my hey, team. Hey, it's UCLA. Would... You don't have to be. Yeah, Honest. and I, like if Josh if Josh Rosen's really like, he's amazing. And oh, you keep oh, coming back to. The goal is Josh Rosen stay healthy. That's all that matters for UCLA football this year. Yeah, just get through it. Get out, right? Because they'll probably name someone who he does not want to work with, right? Like, it's right. just like, oh, man, can I give you a scenario? Amazing scenario. UCLA job opens. It's in LA. You got a young quarterback who's got one more year of like real prime eligibility. Mora gets fired. Lane Kiffin. Jesus. Lane Kiffin comes home yes. to UCLA. Yes. Yes. Everyone's looking for Chip Kelly to take that job. I no. think. No. I think we even, can go much funnier. I think even Lane would say no to this job. <laughs> He's like, I've been there. I respect. I, my, I respect that. myself too much to take that job. <laughs> Like a fast fast food manager fired yeah. at the efficient, clean, smiling Wendy's and the Hardee's across the streets. Like, hey, you want to come over? <laughs> Lane, you have the word too many dicks with a Z written on your throat in Sharpie. Yeah, I have too much respect for the, to take the UCLA job. <laughs> I said it. Remember, you seat geek. <laughs> yeah, so um... <laughs> when you're when you're the twenty thousand and Listen. first person to step into the rose bowl for ucla's biggest game this year i hope you used seat geek Listen, to buy that ticket. no disrespect to seat geek but based on the home schedule unless it's the a&m game you can probably get tickets to a ucla game in the rose bowl it's not gonna be and twenty dollars yeah, off heck they'll be paying you to attend <laughs> man that that home that home schedule i made you 18 dollars like going to a ucla game <laughs> thanks shutdown full cast <laughs> So to me, UCLA is like on paper, if you just look at the roster, like 
you can really talk yourself into this thing. You have maybe the most NFL-ready quarterback in the country, and, like, yeah, I know it's cool to say Josh Rosen sucks, and, like, why does the NFL always pick these boring white quarterbacks because they're tall and all that? Well, like, yeah, that's very often true. But this dude is legit. Um, we have seen him as a freshman and as a banged-up sophomore um, with no offensive line and a totally overwhelmed offensive coordinator. Like, we have not seen Josh Rosen in anything close to a good environment, and he's had good games against um, against Stanford for most of the game against A&M on the road. Like, I still believe Josh Rosen is a top quarterback. Um, you have that. You have yeah. – uh, they've been recruiting at, like, a top 15, top 20 level for three or four or five years. I think they took pretty good advantage of USC's sanctions there. This past cycle, I don't think a lot of people really noticed they signed the number one recruit, defensive end Jalen Phillips. Um that's not really supposed to happen. So, like, I think if you look just at those things, this is 10-win talent. But then you have to give it the gym more adjustment. So now we're talking 7-5, and five, which is still it's still a little high compared to Vegas and <laughs> a win and a half over Bill's could, numbers. But I could be sold on 7-5, and five, especially because it would make any decision to fire him that much trickier. Right. No, 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 Coming no, 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 no. Here's how it, here's how it happens. They go one and four. Let's say two and three to start the season. Fire him in the bye week. Finish with a heroic five and two turnaround under Jed Fit head coach. Sure. Jed Fish. Sure. <laughs> That's how that ends. Head coach Jed Fish. Oh man, that's that's extremely possible, isn't it? That's yeah. That'd be the worst possible outcome here. Sure, I'll, I'll take it. Seven, seven and five. Let's do it. Um, pick an Arizona school. We have to get through those. I think it's time I to consider forward. Arizona State. <laughs> you know what? You should probably think about going to Arizona State. As you know, on the full cast, we advise that when stuck for options, one should always just default to: Have you considered Arizona State? And ladies and gentlemen, we're about to, because. Someone is still in the league. Of all the players that we go, man, still in the league, still playing college football somehow. Yeah, Kalen Balaz. Rudy Carpenter. Rudy. Rudy. No, Rudy Carpenter, he of the 42 sacks in one season. <laughs> not not on the team due to death. R.I.P. Rudy. Dude, spontaneous combustion. 40, 40-second sack, you just came apart like a classic on the off-ramp. Just spitting parts everywhere. No, Kalen Balazs, running back Kalen Balazs, who you last saw scoring eight TDs against Texas Tech. Eight. And he's not even the starting, like, he's not even the starting running back. Does he play Arizona. in the Arizona State secondary? Uh, Does anyone? No. Should he? Probably. Um, in all of college football last year, there were 34 games in which a quarterback threw for 450 yards or more. And three of them came against Arizona State. Three of them also came against Pitt, for whatever that is worth. But um, the Todd Graham, yeah. Todd Graham was That's, one against oh Tulsa as well. Oh my God! Tulsa hold was on, Tulsa on the hold list. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, but that just proves oh. how long it takes for it, the half life of <laughs> Graham to to get itself out of your system. Flush all the Todd Graham. <laughs> so their defense was like amazingly bad at giving up big plays. If you look yeah. at the charts in Bill's Arizona State post, there's like <laughs> there's one where it's like Pac-12 defense is ranked by efficiency and explosive prevention. Um, 
and like everyone's kind of clustered on the right and ASU is out here breaking the goddamn scale like you almost need an arrow pointing like they're over there we you, can't even show you. You this know, is fucking over. You know how, set the you, curve, buddy. You know, you know how position groups like to give each. They'd be like, "Oh, we're the no fly zone, whatever." I think the ASU secondary should just be like, "We're the Irish Republican Army." Hell yeah, <laughs> nothing but bombs, y'all. Orange arrow, you drive over in Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm going faster for some reason. This is amazing. Yeah, for uh, your your defense shouldn't be a force multiplier for the other team. But in Arizona State's case, it was. So let me take a brief moment to remind you that when you say you have eight starters returning on defense, which Arizona State does, uh, that is that good? <laughs> is that? I mean, is it? I They've really don't know. Lot. They're 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 experienced, right? And that's. But what? Yeah, I don't know. This is a this is a reclamation project, and guess who's in charge of it? Yeah, Baylor's defensive coordinator, Phil Bennett, which, again, that's not problematic at all. Nothing is. Everything's fine. Can I, um, Everything's fine. Can we play a sub game here with Arizona State? Please. In addition to predicting wins. So I want you to tell me if Arizona State will give up more or fewer than 300 points in this stretch of games. Um, San Diego State at Texas Tech, Oregon at Stanford, Washington at Utah, USC, Colorado at UCLA. That would be 33 points per game. They will give up more than that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. They might, they they might hit that before, after the USC game. Additionally, a fairly like deep and experienced offense with some actual playmakers. uh, And no matter who ends up at the quarterback spot, new coordinator, Billy Napier, who uh, very, very impressively, you know, recruited, Calvin Ridley, Taj Boyd, Cam Robinson uh, coming over from Alabama. Uh, less impressively, uh, Dabo Swinney fired him to, I believe, hire Chad Morris eventually as the offensive coordinator uh, there. Chad Morris, by the way, also hired as offensive coordinator by Todd Graham. Todd Graham, who also hired uh, Major Applewhite, Gus Malzahn, Mike Norvell. Uh, so kind of a weird circle here. Um Todd Graham, a defensive coach who hasn't been big on defense in Arizona State in a while. And in addition to that, hiring a guy that Dabo Swinney fired, which I know people get fired all the time. It's just you're either going, oh, man, he picked a guy at offensive coordinator because he's just got a touch for that. Or is this the one that breaks the streak of hiring really sort of impressive guys as offensive coordinator? I don't know, man. Arizona State, like I'm not even going to predict because um, – this is just when Todd Graham is at his most dangerous. Back to the wall. Well, no other job offers in sight. What else, what's what's <laughs> what's really confusing is that um, Todd Graham has a really weird clause in his contract that says, if grounds do not exist for termination for cause, Arizona State will ask the board to extend his contract for one additional year, following completion of the 2016 football season. Which suggests one of two possible, uh, one of three possible things. Number one is that that clause is meaningless and they don't actually have to do that. That's boring. Let's throw that out. Number two, grounds do exist for termination for cause and we just don't know about them. That's salacious, so hold that in your mind. Number three, Arizona State has not technically completed the 2016 football season and there's a missing game somewhere. The Could phantom be. game. The phantom game. Wow. 
So if I was going to pick which one was the Phantom game out of those, yeah, what's the game? What's say, the game on here that they the, should have the Arizona last? game? I didn't see him on the field against Arizona. Uh, all I saw was Arizona <laughs> racking up like 500 rushing yards. <laughs> also worth considering the Texas Tech game because I did not see a, either defense on the field, no. so it could be argued not a complete half complete. team half on either side. Team. Yeah. Thus, either suspended or a forfeit. Um, what what on earth are are the Sun Devils going <laughs> to do this year? Oh man, I'm just listen. It's going to be like a. I'm just going to call it as an absolutely horrendous year in the state of Arizona as a whole. So, um, and and if you haven't looked, by the way, Arizona State's uh, schedule not exactly the friendliest at all. I know they have an easy start to the schedule. Ramps up quick. They get that Stanford, Utah, uh, UCLA road turn. Uh, it's nasty. It's bad. I wouldn't want a part of it. However, uh, it feels like they can probably eke out at least four wins here, like for sure. So this feels like five and seven in trouble. Mm. I, uh, I'm going to go all the way down to three and nine. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> the schedule can I meet, is can I, hideous. Do yeah. We, do we want to do four and eight? <laughs> can I meet? Can I meet you at four and eight? <laughs> You've talked me into four and eight. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the schedule is just. This is almost literally the hardest schedule you could play um, as a Pac-12 South team. Andrew Witten did a dumb thing like scheduling San Diego State, and you're going to Texas Tech. Yeah. This is terrible. Let's talk about Arizona. Yeah, let's do it. Can um, I give you the he the headline? I'm going to start with the headline. Sure. We just base everything on this. Bill C's preview. If you go to Bill Connolly's excellent preview at espionation.com. The Arizona Wildcats are checking every box on the program collapse checklist. <laughs> I mean, and those boxes include... Recruiting falling apart, firing mm -hmm. assistants and bringing in new assistants and seeing no meaningful mm -hmm. improvement, um, injuries stacking up and not actually develop see and d discovering that you have no meaningful depth. Have I missed anything? Are there any other big check? I mean, just generally, you know, uh, fewer and fewer appearances in the AP poll. It's ugh, ugh. I think. Being bad at the things you're supposed to be good at, like Rich right. Rod and Jeff Castile worked together for years and like had awesome teams, and it just didn't work. And they had to part, and even the parting didn't work. And like you know, Rich Rod teams are supposed to be great at offense, and haven't always been, you know. And you know, ugh. yeah, yeah. And and you're gonna have, by the way, it's gonna be like this is the other thing, and. Like they're gonna have a great backfield. Uh, getting out of that backfield is gonna be a problem, well, right? Also, Keeping the, that backfield healthy. The backfield. I was gonna say the backfield. What the 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 leading non quarterback rusher has like sixty carries or something last year. Yeah, yeah, but, but like they've got two good running backs. They've got Nick Wilson and JJ Taylor, and and a mobile quarterback. No matter who's going to start there, that's a great start for Rich Rod offense. But that's not the issue. Right. That's not even like before we get nitpicking the offense, that's not the issue because the defense and this is kind of a broken record here. We discussed the bottom of this division. The defense has been such but so consistently in terms of every stat 
all of them? Like, just just name them, because they've they've been like consistently bad, not spectacularly bad. Like, I don't know, Arizona State, but they've been bad. They've been boring, right? They've been, you know, Arizona State at least when they were bad in some of these games. At least it was interesting. Arizona just was real boring. Real, real boring. Yeah, no, they, they, they take, they might, they might, you know, like get seven or eight plays down the field, to make you score, as opposed to Arizona State, who will sometimes just pull out the red cape and go ole to the end zone with you. <laughs> so yeah, this is this is dire. It's very, very, very dire. And this is this, this doesn't seem like a lot of. Just doesn't seem like Have there's you, a lot of hope, and that's before you, you look at, at yeah. <laughs> I know we can say terrible. This. Yeah, well, like there are a couple. I mean, there are a couple of teams. Teams' schedule is fine, but so okay, you got NAU, Houston, bad idea. At UTEP, not a great Wait, idea. At UTEP, yeah. At UTEP, okay, sure. That's uh, relative, relatively local, right? Yeah. <laughs> you still, you don't want to travel I to know. a mid-major. Avoid it. Um, yeah. Utah, you got to play Utah. That sucks, but still. Uh, at Colorado, that sucks. UCLA, okay. Um, you know, they'll probably beat you. At Cal. At, Cal is uh-huh. Cal is a team you should be able to beat, but you're going at Cal. Washington State, oh, that's gonna suck. At USC, that's <laughs> really gonna suck. You could be two and seven when Oregon State comes to town. Say say you beat NAU oh. and UTEP. Wait, wait, you don't wait, even, by wait, the way. Hold on. If this schedule sucks, there is no version of a good schedule because the North teams they drew are Wazoo, Oregon State, and Oregon, which of the uh, if you're going to draw three and you don't have to play either Stanford – oh, and Cal. So, like, they didn't draw Stanford or Washington. They have to play the other Pac-12 South teams. They didn't schedule another Power 5 team. Granted, Houston's a very good non-Power 5 team. But, like, if this schedule is terrible, Arizona's already fucked. It's the home road splits that do it. Because if you could get Cal at home, okay, you're feeling good. Right. Um, if you're playing UTEP at home, yeah, that's fine. No worries there. Um, you know, if you're if you could get if you could get like a Colorado at home, okay, maybe there's an upset chance. You know what I mean? Right. So I think yeah yeah like the teams you're playing in the other division, Washington State should be good. I think at Oregon, that's a loss. Um, you get to play Oregon State, great. But yeah, I, that's, I, that's, I that's it. Like it, one in eleven is not impossible. Is that your prediction? Yeah. Happen. No, 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 no. Shit. Damn it. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna be super generous. I'm going. I, I'm gonna go three and nine. Jeez. I'm I'm gonna go four and eight again. Just four and eight for the whole state. I, I think Arizona is the forty eighth state. Like you see in there, you see. I think yeah. I think like one of their slogans is like the forty eighth state. So let's just four and eight the whole state. Utah. Oh. Man. Can I tell you the greatest thing about Utah? I'm about to tell you the greatest thing about Utah. Do it in two minutes. Go. Two minutes. Greatest punting team in the nation. A a Ray Guy dynasty. They've had had three straight Ray Guy winners. All from Australia. That's right. They have have a guy who, uh, yes, he's he's not exactly as colorful as his predecessor, if you'll remember, that Utah had an Australian punter named Tom Hackett who said that he was fat and wanted to play a sport where he didn't have to run. Correct. He also didn't understand why Americans loved guns and why our roads sucked. I love Tom Hackett unreservedly and is fantastic. The jets cut him because the jets are shit and they will always be shit. (laughs) And their run, 
by a member of our nation's ruling class who demonstrated his genetically inherited incompetence by doing that. Revolution now. Email me at ryan.nanny at... Anyway. Voxmedia.com. So, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's he's not as he's not as colorful as as his predecessor, Tom Hapick, uh, Hackett. But but I will say this that Mitch Wishnowski, first of all, his name is Mitch Wishnowski, and he's from Australia. That's amazing. Say Two, that say oh, say his name in an Australian accent. Go. <laughs> Do it. Um I'm gonna have to work at the whole Do on a it. Gonna, Mitch. Mitch. That's how you have to say his first name. Mitch. How on earth would an Australian say <laughs> I think it's 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 I'm lost. I'm, you can get mate, mate in there. Mitch. Mitch Wisnowski. No, no, I can't do it. It doesn't even load. That my operating system cannot process the software necessary. Say Wisnowski. I hope they just call them something Australia. completely. Mitch Kookaburra. Yeah. <laughs> Mitch no, gambling I, addiction. I, I bet Whittingham having like that's a very international roster, so I bet he's very fluent in no matter where a player's from, like he, he's conversing with them in their native tongues. Oh, he's like he's like Jada saying like mozzarella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it probably gets to be a bit much around the Whittingham household. They're like, Dad, God. He did the whole Pac twelve media days in Tagalog. How'd he do that? Taco Bell. Chalupa, so, chalupa. Mitch Wishnowski, the continuation of the Aussie punter dynasty that Kyle Whittingham has, emblematic of everything that you might want to know about Utah, though there are a few curiosities about this usual scrappy edition of usual scrappy Utah football, which uh, is that they have a new offensive coordinator, it's the QB coach from Eastern Washington, uh, which is weird because that implies that they're actually going to throw the ball which is also weird because they don't really have an established quarterback who can do that. Uh, so a little, little red flag, a little Utah red flag to sort of put on your preview there is to go, oh, not that offense is all that important to what you want to do anyway, because when you think of Utah football, yeah, you think of Aussie punters with flowing long hair. Who, by the way, he is not as colorful as Tom Hackett, but I do have this quote from a Deseret News article by Brad Rock, which is, it's sort of second nature for us to kick the ball, but it's not just that. Here's the part of the quote I really want you to pay attention to. I moved away from my family, and I was working in a gin pub until late at night and waking up early to go train. Hi, you just hi, uh, I hi, can I have a, a gin pub. Hi, can I have a beer or a glass of wine? <laughs> no, no, mate, only gin. Only gin. Would you like to move There's to some... Salt Lake City? <laughs> You know Hell what? Yes. You know what? Oh, if you man. need if you need to get rid if you need to change your life and you're working at a gin pub, Salt Lake is a pretty good <laughs> 180. Have we considered the exact opposite of an Australian gin pub is the entirety <laughs> of metropolitan Salt Lake City. Mitch was like, "Yeah, man. That's it. I'm tired of this place." They uh, just walk around like, "Where the fuck am I supposed supposed to get schnackered or whatever they say?" Um <laughs> God. All right. Utah plays North Dakota at BYU San Jose State to start the season. From the north, they play Stanford, Oregon, Washington State, Washington. Mm. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a Utah season. It's going to be between 
seven and nine wins. They're going to be ranked pretty highly at some point in there, and then they're going to lose two games in a row, including one that they just absolutely shouldn't, and they look like shit, right? Did I hit everything? Yeah, yeah. now that yeah. looks about right. You throw in piles of defensive linemen. Right. Remember, that's that's the one thing that Utah always has, is right. they have uh, giant linebackers with really nice traps, right? You gotta have good traps if you're around Coach Witt. And you're going to have, like, 3,000 pounds of defensive linemen. So uh, when you look at teams that have offensive line problems, uh, one team that sticks out, and you go, well, what's their potential weak spot? Uh, that USC game, that is a thorny game for USC. It like that's is. that's one that you, that's one that Utah, if, if Utah like does their normal thing where they roll in with a massive chip on their shoulder, uh, and want to reclaim that scrappy title that Colorado took, they took it from you. They took it from you, Utes. Remember that when you go into this season, and you're like, what do we have besides? a metric ton and a half of defensive linemen on this bus. Two metric you, you tons of disrespect. Two metric tons of disrespect. That was heaped on you. Hardship put on you, Utah. By, by that fancy Colorado city boy, Buffalo. Mike McIntyre. In Boulder. Boulder. He drinks gin. He drinks, <laughs> he drinks gin drinking Mike McIntyre. Jason, what is Utah going to finish this year? So um, every year, Utah, they are somehow two wins better than they should be. Uh, this year, the computers say five and seven, so I will go seven and five. Um, and they'll do it in a power conference. Utah fans on Twitter, um, please tweet at me, acknowledging <laughs> that you're in a power conference. I don't know if anyone has noticed this yet, but BYU is not any power conference, and Utah is. And mm. it's important to acknowledge that Utah is a power conference program and a power conference. They play a power conference schedule. Um, and a power conference. If you go on the Pac-12.com, you'll see Utah's logo because Utah is in a power conference. Will you see BYU's? Uh, no, you will not. No, no, you won't. <laughs> BYU isn't in a power conference. Spencer. I want to. I really want Utah to thrive and regain their throne on the disrespect, like Parnassus, that they used to rule with an iron fist. Uh, so I'm going to disrespect them and say that they're going to go five and seven. Oh, because do you think they're not cut I out think, for a power conference? I don't think they're cut out for a power conference. <laughs> tweet at Spencer. Tweet it tweet at, at me. So you should know when I'm we... doing you a favor. I actually think you're going to go like eight and four, you and should... everyone will just be shocked. Spencer, but yeah, you should like... know when, when Jason tweets this episode out from the full cast Twitter account, it's going to be, I don't think Utah's a power conference dash at ESBS. <laughs> New full cast episode. That would be so good. Do it. I don't, yeah, that's fine. Uh, I want to motivate. I want to help motivate you by, want, by, by hating on you. I just, I just tweeted it already. Thank you. I want to wrap with my, um, my overall goal for the Pac-12 South. So the SEC championship game is trash, right? Yeah. Uh, the, last yeah. Four, the last four SEC title games have been decided by an average of 24 and a half points. Do you know what the last four Pac-12 championship games, the average margin of victory has been? 28 points. The Pac-12 championship is a waste of time, unwatchable trash, and this better be the year that we get something that is actually close and interesting and not just one team slowly slaughtering the other while whispering, I'm sorry, they're making me do this. It's for television. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love you. Um, No, no, it'll be another blowout. God damn it. 